Well, hello, sports fans. It's the After the Buzzer podcast. I'm Ian Busby. What a week in the CFL. Started out with the league's premier quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell, announced that they had a there's a fracture in his fibula. He's going to be out oh, for an extended period. He's on the six-game injured list. And then the real intrigue started with uh, the Stampeders putting in a quarterback not many people had heard of, not the guy that they, anyone was expecting was going to get the call to be the starter. And then uh, uh, they went out and beat the Montreal Alouettes. The Edmonton Elks win as well. Winnipeg Blue Bombers lose. The West race is nice and tight. The East looks like it's uh, in con- the hands of the Toronto Argonauts as they beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are clearly the number one team in the CFL. Who's got the second best offense in the West Division? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, right now it's Saskatchewan and then everyone else. Uh, Danny and I are going to discuss that coming up here. And uh, we're going to go over the chain of events that led to uh, Danny getting a little angry uh, with out-of-town media, but uh, we're going to tackle it all and a bit more, including who we think is the clear most outstanding player at this point in time. I don't need to give you much of a hint there. Uh, You know it because he was eating corn dogs at the Regina Fair after his win on Saturday night over the Ottawa Red Blacks. Here we go with the show. All right, Danny, on the level of uh, more interesting weeks of CFL and uh, Calgary Stampeders football in general, this has to be right up there with uh, quarterback injury, a new guy coming in to start at quarterback that we don't know much about, uh, comes in facing long odds, a daunting task, five and a half point underdogs at home. I haven't seen the stamps be like that, uh, get that kind of. Uh, sort of disrespect in a long time. And then uh, I said it on uh, Twitter and uh, I felt like I was justified saying, well, why do I, I got a feeling the stamps have a good chance in this game and they come out and do really well against the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, I like what I've seen out of, uh, you're going to have to say his name for me because I don't know. I've heard it pronounced a few different ways. Mayor. Yeah. Jake Mayer. Like, mayor, okay. It's not Meyer, it's Mayor. And then like Mayor Nahid Nenshi, like it's m- Mayor. Yeah, well, yeah. we're not Mayor Nahid Nenshi's fans over here, but well, I'm, I'm a big fan of this quarterback. Well, I uh, am a Nenshi fan, just so we're all, I don't want anyone thinking I'm, I'm bashing <laughs> my guy. All right, well, the purple rain is over in Calgary. Uh, the uh, the new rain here, uh, Mayor looks pretty good. Uh, I liked what I've seen. There was a, a lot of mistakes that you would expect from a guy making his first CFL start, but he made at least a half a dozen great passes that I was like, wow, he was on the money, great read, great throw, poised, uh, didn't get flustered after a couple of early mistakes. Uh, what was your take on uh, uh, his performance? Because uh, I'm impressed. I mean, there was they all, mistakes almost cost him at the end, but – uh, he also weren't his mistakes though. Those weren't his mistakes at the end. Yes. No, but I'm, I'm talking the overall team mistakes at the end yeah. where, he, well, I think he, didn't he signal the, the crossing route a little early, um, to, I, mean, I, I don't know who you blame on that. That might've been McEwen might've been Herdy, might've been him. I mean, it was, yeah, it, it's yeah. just stuff that happens when there's a, uh, first start quarterback in there. Right. So, 
but overall, give me your impressions of how everything went down and uh, and do the stamps have a better chance going forward now that we feel we've that position's not going to be such a disaster as we thought with Bo Levi Mitchell out? I mean, yeah. Uh, like, I, I think that they were better than anyone expected on Friday. Um, I mean, I think expectations were inflated negatively, uh, honestly, because of a lot of the reporting and because of a lot of the commentary by media. I mean, um, when I saw that their starting left tackle and right tackle were also out and they were kind of – I didn't really see a path to victory, if I'm being honest with you. Right. Um, but, I mean, like, this is one of those wins where, like, you can't play every game like that because they had to – like, they died out there on the field. I mean, like, Mike Rose and Derek Wigan needed to literally be carried off the field at the end of the game. Like, you can't play every game like that. It needs to be easier. Um, right. But, like, the defense was exceptional, um, and the defense really is what kept them in that. And as you said, I mean, like, like – Jake Merritt is he doesn't appear like he's gonna be what sinks them. I'll say that. Like I don't I don't know that he can carry them to, you know, passing the riders and, and, and winning the West Division, but it feels like he can definitely do what they need to keep him in it until um Bo gets back. Yeah. And it it felt like when Bo Levi Mitchell comes out with and and reveals that they have a he has a fractured fibula, uh it's like, okay, this, you know, it's sink or swim time. If they don't, they're 0-2. If they don't put some together some wins, they're going to fall out of this playoff race because it's going to feel very much even all the way down the stretch. There's not a team that's out of it, and you wouldn't expect there's going to be a team out of it uh, the entire I mean, I think if they'd lost this game, if this week had gone the way I sort of anticipated it going, like with I, I thought Winnipeg would beat Toronto. Was I mean, Toronto looked really good. Um, so credit to them there. But, like, if the Stamps were at 0-3, it begins to look like, well, they're playing Winnipeg, they're going to be 0-4. And really, why they're still in it is they have so many games against Edmonton. They got another game against BC. They're not competing for first with the Riders. And I thought the Bombers. Um, and I, I'm not going to rule the Bombers out because of one loss away from home. But, um, like, there was – if they had gone to 0-3, that part of the – oh, getting a home game in the playoffs, I would have thought was pretty much – impossible uh but at one and two and then the bombers lose like if they beat the bombers next week and the bombers looked awful like, yeah legitimately awful suddenly they're tied for second right like, this they needed this win like it's so weird how quickly the narrative flipped and like i will just say that and i don't know if we're gonna get into it like this was a terrible week for out of town media covering the <laughs> well uh yes i think we have to do get into it why don't we do that right now because how it goes down is uh, Farhan Lalji from TSN reports that Mitchell's going to be out. He reports that the uh, other Canadian uh, kid is going to be the starter instead. Um, and it seems like he probably got that from that kid's agent, who's an agent with uh, the same Mike agent Riley. for Michael Riley. Yeah. So it, and it basically, if you connect the dots, it's like, okay, he's, yeah, Bo Levi Mitchell's out. The kid expects he's going to get the start, right? So, which is understandable. He's number two on the depth chart. Um, but the team uh, tells you that they're, they haven't made a decision. Uh, so that's what you go with, which turns out that that was the right, was what actually happened, right? Uh, yeah, and then, meanwhile, I got Terry Jones ripping on me on Twitter, saying I right. got egg all over my face for not reporting it. And it's like, 
Well, hey, Terry, who was right? Not correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and like, I mean, I honestly like TSN did multiple stories on Mike O'Connor starting. Like, like this was not just a one-story deal. They they rolled with that. They set the narrative. That is on TSN. Like, and I'm not. If I get something wrong, I expect to be called out, and, and TSN should be called out. You. That's why you listen to local beat reporters. That's why we need newspaper guys. That's why we need the radio guys. Because TSN's going to come in, and I guess they got this pressure to get the first story. They were dead wrong. Yeah. Like, there's no excuse for that. Like, it's bad reporting. And it's like, it's a guy in Vancouver reporting about the Calgary team and being flatly incorrect. It's it, it like, I, I honestly, it was brutal. And then it set up the situation where the Stampeders are getting criticized for supposed like gamesmanship and all this. The Stampeders were consistent from the start. They said it was a competition in in practice and that is how they were going to decide it tsn got this wrong not the stampeders tsn bell yeah. media their guy the the stampeders did absolutely nothing wrong in this situation right and the thing is sometimes you gotta actually listen to them instead of you know it and things can change from like they didn't decide on monday when bo couldn't make it to practice on monday they didn't decide then that or like okay he's we're going with O'Connor no they were looking at both of them and seeing which one's the best option and Mayer looked like the best option and looks like they made a good choice and there's a reason and one thing that I've always known about the Stampeders under John Hupnagel is if there's a guy on the roster you may not know anything about him but there's a reason he's on the roster he's been chosen over a lot of other people he has something that they see they're going with it because he he, they have confidence in their decision-making. So, yeah. And for, I'm assuming Farhan was told by the agent. It yeah. could be that he just looked – I don't. I would never accuse him of this, but it could be that he just looked at the depth chart and said, oh, Michael O'Connor's up next. He's the backup. We yeah. all know in Calgary the backup is the short yardage guy. It doesn't actually mean that they're more likely to go in and start a game, as we learned this week. Right. So, like, there's just – I don't know. I, I was honestly really bothered by the whole thing this week. And then I obviously came in for criticism and like, I said, no, like Ottawa wanted a story on Michael O'Connor. And I said, no, I'm going to wait, you know, like I, like I said, and like, I'm sorry, man. Like I, I don't want to be pumping my own tires, but like it takes balls to say like, no, I'm not going to report this story because I'm not sure it's true. Even though everyone else is doing it. And the three of us who actually cover this team in Calgary did that this week. Well, the national media criticized us you know, like said I had egg on my face, where it ran with this assumption that Bo Levi Mitchell was playing and they knew he had a fracture. Yeah. It was completely false. Like the whole narrative surrounding this the, the Bo situation was wrong. Like well, was and and kudos to you for sticking to your guns because it's always harder to go against the tide than to just follow the tide. And far too many people in media these days just follow the tide. So and it's just like, to be clear, like thank you for giving me kudos, but like Dave Dickinson couldn't have been more clear. Like when you're saying you got to listen to them, like that's the weird part is everyone was like, oh, Dave's lying, I guess. from And it's like, this is the most transparent coach when it comes to roster decisions in the league. Yeah. He tells you what and, he's going to do. And then also the team getting criticized for uh, playing a guy when he was hurt. Well, he was hurt not to the extent that they had thought, uh, but they were like, how do you play a guy with a fractured leg or a broken leg? Well, broken leg sounds really bad. Fractured fibula, if you get right down to it, 
if you're going to bro- break anything, um, I say distal to your femur, <laughs> uh, that's, a, <laughs> that's medical speak, uh, you're, you're, you want it to be your fibula. You don't even want to break a bone in your foot. Like it's, it's better to break your fibula than you're anything else. But it's a, like not a major fracture. It's not like he was out there, you know, with his leg turned sideways. It wasn't. Um, and like, would they have? Let's like they said that they thought it was muscle. So you know a little bit about this because of sort of what you're what you're studying right now. Yeah, they thought it was muscle, so they wouldn't have necessarily done an X-ray. No, right. And the thing is, if he's complaining about a little bit of pain, they're going to go through all their muscle testing. Uh, there's going to be weakness in some of those muscles because of the fracture site. And then once they test that, or like, okay, well, and he's not, you know, he's not hobbled. You saw him on the sideline walking around. He's he can walk, he can move. Uh, he played that game trying to get a uh, fight through it. And let's be honest, like Bo, it's not a guy who complains about his injuries. He, he no. just, he, he'll, he'll strap it out and go out there and it might affect his performance, but he's not going to use that as an excuse. No, so this, the criticism the team took over this situation and then saying, we haven't decided on a starting quarterback. And then the, people with egg on their face have declared your starting quarterback before you do. Uh, they're the ones that are, you know, you know, Hey, the, the Stampeders did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. You reported what you actually knew. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, it's easier to sit there and just criticize than it is to, and I, I felt the same way when they announced that Jake was starting, it's easier to criticize a guy who hasn't played yet. But he hasn't played yet. You don't know because you don't know anything about him. Doesn't mean he can't do the job. So anyway, it, uh, I liked how the the week ended with uh, the stamps pulling out that victory. But you're you're right. They can't keep um, playing with all this uh, these multitude of mistakes and playing sloppy. They got to clean it up. But I don't I don't feel like they're out of this race. And I I. I don't well, think I mean they're just mathematically they're right in the in the mix right now. Yeah, um, and it's, and it's like worth that. noting like Fuller and Armalade got hurt, Andrello wins that Tony Washington. Tony Washington's out defending himself on Twitter. It's like we all have eyeballs. We saw that that clip. That was dirty. Like yeah. I maybe it wasn't intentional, but intent isn't the entire law. You know what I mean? I don't know what that saying is, but like right. so their D-line was down, like to the bare bones. They were playing, they had no relief, were playing every snap. And like, those are the guys who legitimately, like, man, that was heroic from them. Because, you know, they forced, I know I know how bad Vernon Adams looked in that game, but that was largely because the D-line was just on him, on him, on him, pressuring him and forcing him into bad throws. And I think that we're seeing more and more, with the exception of first quarters, where the Stampeders are terrible. Like, get them to the second quarter and like their DB group is incredible. They like, they were on Deshaun Amos, Richard Leonard, all of those guys looked great. So it was, a, it was an impressive performance. I'm just saying like, if you think you're doing that every week, half your team's going to be in the, in the sick bay by mid season. Right. And the, the turning point in that game was that uh, interception uh, because mm-hmm. they just needed a play to get some momentum going. So they get that interception and, uh, uh, Mayor goes out there and he just makes a couple of key throws. And then suddenly you were, okay, you're right back in this, like a touchdown down by two at the half. And I was like, oh, I feel like they're going to come out and, and win this game because uh, they just had that. Okay. Let's win one. Your, our defense is playing really well. Uh, Darnell Sankey playing in the middle was uh, 
Like I thought he was all over the field. So him and Jameer Thurman, they're linebacking. Like you know, like people aren't really running on this team. No, like and yeah. the Montreal tried. They they had twenty four rushing attempts. So they were throwing everything they could at them, thinking they were going to try and wear them down, and uh, it didn't work. Okay, uh, I want to go over to Winnipeg now because uh, I have not been impressed. You said they played pretty terribly. I'm not really impressed with their their offense overall. I would say they're not a scary unit. Um, I know Coloros, this is his first loss as a starting quarterback with the Bombers, but the, this group doesn't scare me at all. And I like, if you would put up, how would you rank the offenses in the West right now? I'd say uh, obviously Saskatchewan's number one, but there's an argument to be made for all of those other four teams at number. Yeah, it's possible that none of the others are good enough to deserve the number two spot, so we just have to stop the ranking of Saskatchewan. Um, I don't like. I I don't think like uh, Edmonton. Yeah, they got lots of good receivers and not a lot of continuity there. They win that I mean, game. Week one and two, you wouldn't have said Edmonton. They can't get in the end zone. Yeah, and then BC Riley looks injured at best and you know, done at worst. So we're not uh, going with the Jake Mayer, Calgary, Stan Peters offense. It isn't our number two. I'm not. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And then it's, yeah. So, I mean, I guess you probably have to, I don't know. I I guess you put Winnipeg in there, but I mean, they did not look like a good offense against Toronto. Um, I mean, Toronto also looked like a pretty good defense there. Yeah. Um, But like, Caleros, no matter what, is going to be a question for me. Like, he was incredible with Chris Strebler, you know, rotating in and out. Yeah. Um, that was an incredible combination for, like, five games. But, um, honestly, I what I will say is going into this, I going into this week, I thought Winnipeg was the best team in the CFL. So, like, I don't want to deny that. I was, I was off on that. I think Saskatchewan right now looks like the number one. Yeah, they took um, a while no, to get going against Ottawa, but Ottawa, if Ottawa just had a an offense, like any offensive continuity, that that's a team that would contend. They're not I said this on Twitter. Explain to me how, with the pieces that they had, they looked at what? Matt Nichols is 34. Yeah. And and then they looked at Nick Arbuckle. And it couldn't have been more than like a fifty thousand dollar difference. And they decided to go with the older Matt Nichols over Nick Arbuckle. Um who is younger, was committed, is going to be around longer. I, I said this on Twitter. It is one of the most asinine decisions I've ever seen. And not just – maybe you think Matt Nichols is better. You're wrong. Like, you are objectively wrong if you think that. But, like, you're also not winning the Grey Cup this year, so you've got to be building for a couple right. of years down the road. So why not have the the young guy? I just don't get it. But, I mean, the defense is good. Which is hilarious yeah. that a Paul Apolis team we're talking about the defense, not the offense. But right. well, and that's the thing: the defense is solid. Their special teams look pretty solid. I like uh, their return units always make something happen, and uh, their cover teams are strong. So I like. Uh, but okay, so so who would we you somehow ended up talking about Ottawa, Saskatchewan, when we said we were going to talk about Toronto, Winnipeg? Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. So. Winnipeg, okay, 19 points in week one, they win. 20 points in week two, they win. And then 23 points in week three. So uh, With a fumble recovery this, this customer, the, right? Yeah, exactly. So they, they keep getting these – defense keeps getting them in good position. And 
helping them score. That's why I just don't feel like that offense scares me at all. Um, and I mean, that's why I, if, if you're the stamps going in there uh, this coming up weekend, uh, I don't think you're, uh, you know, you know, your defense is going to come out and play. Uh, depends how be- beat up your defensive line is right now. But again, um, you, you can feel pretty good about your chances going into Winnipeg. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think I would have said that three days ago. Um, well, you didn't. You told me they were going to be 0-4 after week four. So. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, I, I will say that watching them, I mean, Kadeem Carey is good. Like, that's part of it. I, I think people aren't giving him enough credit. And he allowed, like, he gave them the time to get Jake Mayer comfortable in the pocket, like, mm-hmm. and to just sort of feel like he actually belonged in the CFL. He did the heavy lifting early. Um and as, as, as long as he is going um, and you, you sort of have that balance that they didn't have in 2019, yeah, I think they can put up points against this Winnipeg team. I don't think they're going to put up a ton. But right. we, we saw this week, like, Marky Thambos and Josh Huff sort of began to actually look like the star receivers. Like, first time that we've seen anyone step up in that receiving group in a big way. Yeah. The Stampers have weapons. Um, and I don't know, like – Credit to the Bombers for winning in 2019, but it did surprise me. I thought they were going to lose every game. And then they didn't. <laughs> so, like, like well, they, they were winning and lose, and they won. But I, it's not like I left that great cup being like, oh, that was the, the the best team in the league from start to finish. It was like, no, they won the championship. They won the yeah, game. They got hot for a month, basically. Yeah. Uh, Coloroski got in there and gave them enough quarterback play that they let their defense dominate. and. Yeah, That's, and, and and just the way that you know our dear broadcast partner, when they're not reporting that Michael O'Connor is starting, um, cover the Bombers is just every player on the Bombers is a superstar. Like they love the Bombers, right? So I do yeah. think they're they're getting they're getting propped up a little bit. I, I still think when it, like that Bombers team I and mean, that D line is terrifying, but the Toronto picked them apart, and it took like a dirty high hit on Davaris Daniels to take him out but he was on pace for like 240 yards um so like i think what we saw one way or another you must agree i know that you were down on toronto before the start of the season toronto after three games toronto sticking around yeah uh there i i thought they would have a hard time making all these pieces gel um and i'm so far so wrong um yeah yeah. Yeah. uh and, and the thing is it takes something early in the season to switch that flip and or flip that switch and um i think that that sounds good though we should start saying that on the pod switch that flip flip. uh and and that so they get that early win that first week win and uh i think that changed everything but then they went to arbuckle this week and you've been saying since the start well why why aren't they just going with the, the guy that they know is the starter you know um, and he looked, he looked solid. Of course, Devaris Daniels, um, a couple of plays, he would just undress the, you know, know. <laughs> the, the defensive back has his shorts is around his ankles trying to recover from that. Uh, it's that, that, that touchdown right at the end of the first half. Like it's very rare that I watch a highlight like of a catch. Yeah. And it's the, like, it's not the catch. That's the highlight. It's just like the move that happened four minutes before the, Right, like, yeah. like how's he so man. wide open? It was like, oh yeah, he he's going inside until boom, he's outside, and then okay, yeah. 
And I, I rich, when I, I saw that play out of the corner of my eye and then I was waiting for the replay and I'm like, that's not Eric Rogers, was it? I'm like, oh no, 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 it wasn't Eric Rogers. That no, uh, no that was DeVaris. Well, DeVaris Daniels just had has had such a weird career because like in 2016, I thought he was gonna be like legitimate superstar in this league. Instead, he basically has 700 yards of receptions every single year. Part of that's injury luck, but he's but he's a very solid receiver. Like he's he's incredibly underrated at this point. Um, yeah. Well, and the thing is, he came in gangbusters and was rookie of the year in 2016, and we thought you know big 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 things from him, and it just has. He's a Notre Dame guy too, so we knew we had that pedigree. Yeah. You know. So. Uh, Here's a question. When's the last time a quarterback won uh, Rookie of the Year? And I'm I'm putting you on the spot because I know the answer. And of all the guys that come in and do well in their first seasons, they don't make enough starts. They don't – nobody trusts a rookie quarterback. Uh, Not saying that Jake Mayer is on the path to to that, but it just made me think that rookies don't get the chance to come in and shine and – it's uh, it's has, it's has a quarterback ever won it? Yes, but the last one was 1982, and it was uh, Chris Isaac. And uh, baby didn't do a bad, bad thing. It's not the same Chris Isaac as the singer, obviously. God, you're such a friggin' Gen Xer. <laughs> uh, guys that won it in the past, though, Chuck Ely, Tom Clements, uh, John Ciara. Um, but it's a rarity that a quarterback would actually win. Uh, this award so it always goes to a receiver well, yeah if you're starting a rookie quarterback you something's gone wrong right that's yeah. the thing like and so it like hardly any team is going to come in and just give a rookie the the starting range so um it would be interesting if that develops but uh so right now after three weeks who's leading in the mop standings in your respect because uh, until Cordy Fajardo's team stumbles at all, I would it's say it's his to lose at this point, right? It's got to be Fajardo. I mean, yeah. like, that's we're doing the very basic thing. We're like the the truth is I haven't dove in and, and seen if any other players are doing you know putting up crazy numbers at this point. Like, I've been very focused on the Stampeders, but like it's normally the quarterback of the best team is the MOP, um, yeah. unless there's like. It's a year like 2019 where just no quarterback was basically eligible. Um, but credit to Vidardo, man. Like, I mean, credit to the Riders. Like, I, I already said it, but, like, you win or you lose, and they're winning. I mean, I, now, I, they, haven't I haven't, on, they haven't played on the road yet, which helps. But no. I mean, hardly any West teams have. Calgary hasn't played on the road yet either, and they're one and two. So, And, like, you can only win the games that are on the schedule. My whole thing is, like, what I'm excited about as somebody who covers the stamps is that idea that we're going to get, I think it's like September, October, they play the riders and stamps play three times in four weeks. And like, if, if the riders are by any chance, like if even not undefeated, assuming they're leading the West division, Mm -hmm. that's such like a reversal of fortunes of what it's been for the last 10 years, like stamps coming in trying to, you know, be the best traditionally it's been the stamps are the best team and the rider the ones trying to knock them off and it would be fun just to go in with the riders you know stuck sticking their chests out acting like the big boys and this like young stamps team coming in and, and trying to knock them off i like that that'll be fun to cover yeah and cody fajardo is like the star in saskatchewan he's eating corn dogs at the fair after the game and 
Uh, everyone loves it, and it's pretty understandable. Like he's embraced that province and embraced the fans. And he seems like a great guy. Like he legitimately, like I want... one of those rare, rare guys that wears his wedding ring when he's playing too. So, um, yeah, he's super Christian, isn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, they've got the week off to let everyone else catch some momentum, and then they got that back to back with Winnipeg. So. Um, we're heading into one more week and then it's Labor Day weekend. And it feels it's like, I was going to say, it's, it feels like it's Labor Day a lot earlier this year. Well, it's because we started yeah. a month and a half late or two and a half months late. Well, and I mean, I was just looking at it and like, I do, I honestly think that this Stamps team can beat Edmonton back to back. Like, I think Edmonton might be the only team in the West who I'd pick them to possibly, I don't, I'm not saying they will. Like, yeah. but I have not been impressed with Edmonton at all. So it's like, if they come out of those two games, three and three, like let's assume that they lose to Winnipeg, but then win these next two, like you're okay. Like, well, even if they beat Winnipeg and split with Edmonton, yeah, three and three after six without your your franchise quarterback, yeah, or, like or you're not you're not in bad shape there. And like, I don't think at that point, like those wins, some of them are coming off Edmonton. Like, you're only trying to beat one, like both. Well, there's not going to be a crossover, so you're trying to beat. Edmonton and BC like that's those are the teams you have to keep pace with and like as of right now they are keeping pace with them yeah well you say that but the only winless team is the uh Hamilton Tiger Cats so (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) that's true (laughs) (laughs) they they do have yeah yeah once they get to the uh the east part of their schedule, which starts uh, this upcoming week when they go into Someone Montreal. Someone needs to give those guys a home game. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, yeah, they don't play – oh, their home first home game is Labor Day. That Labor Day weekend is going to be great. Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Toronto, Hamilton, Edmonton, Calgary. That's always been the same schedule. Uh, and just major onus on all of those um, matchups this time so yeah, Labor Day weekend's the best it's I like I'm honestly super hyped for it we have to go to Alex's musical theater party uh, do we <laughs> I haven't been invited <laughs> yes you have <laughs> our friend Alex loves musical theater and it's her birthday and is has rented a movie theater and won't tell us what movie it is but it's going to be just a nightmare um <laughs> well she did hire Oh, no, wait. Her friends hired two princesses to sing uh, show tunes at one of her birthdays, which was great. You were both there? Um, yeah, we finally uh, got them to sing something else, and then we sang along to it. But uh, Alex is the loveliest person, but her love of musical theater is the worst part about her. <laughs> the worst part about her. Well, it's not, then, then the, that's not the worst part about anybody. So that's not the worst. Like, it's... It's not like she. What do you think is worse about our friend Alex? Her friends, but uh, if you're going to spend a bunch of time talking about what we dislike most about Alex, what you say it's not the musical theater. What is it, Ian? No, no, because she'll never listen to this. There's no way she's listening to a CFL podcast. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Not after this. Uh, I've got a fantasy football draft scheduled for the for the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. So hopefully uh, that uh, I'm winning my CFL fantasy, eh? I, I saw that, and it's like, yeah, everyone else in the league has drafted Elks, or what What happened? Um, so, to be honest, I drafted – I basically wanted Arbuckle. Um, like, I had a feeling that – well, A, I like Nick Arbuckle. 
Like, there's also that part of it. But um, I just had a feeling that he'd be able to put up some yards against Winnipeg. Um, so I went in with him, and then I had money. And, like, I then went, like, Markeith Ambles, who had 113 yards. And I don't know if he had a touchdown. And then I got Josh Hoff, who was the flea flicker guy. Uh, and I went Kadeem Carey, because I was like, the stamps aren't going to be able to throw the ball, which makes no sense that I took two Stampeders receivers and the running back, because I thought they weren't going to throw the ball. But so, and those guys just ate up yards. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great week for me. Um, well, as as Eric Francis would note, uh, nobody cares about your fantasy football team. Um, especially, I know. I know especially that. NFL fantasy football. Literally, yeah, that's true. But it's just good. The only reason I think that people should care uh, is because it's a bunch of Stampeders staff that I'm beating. Okay. Um, so, like, Are I'm going to be so watching. With their own players, were they not allowed to take uh, their own team? Oh, no, but they people in CFL fantasy, like, you outsmart yourself. Um, and this year, it's absolutely, like, I don't gamble, as you know, but I don't know why anyone would gamble on this league right now. Like, how can well, you possibly I, feel comfortable making any bet? Every team is bad. Yeah. Except well, I want, also I want the single-game betting to come back or to finally come in. And once that happens, uh, I because I, I felt very confident about the stamps going into this week. And a straight up win is all I would have done. I would have taken the points, the five and a half points they were given. I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to cover six points. What, what are you talking about? So that felt like a really bad line, but you could see where every, because the narrative was, oh, they're going to be terrible. New quarterback and they're, they're done. The Stampeders reign is over. They're like, it doesn't happen like that. They're, they've been. It doesn't happen like that. And. I tweeted this every Calgary Montreal game in history is crazy. Like yeah. there is no well, such thing as a normal Calgary Montreal game. So whatever you expect to happen. And like, I will be straight up with you. I was walking around the tailgates and people were asking me, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a massacre. Like I would. <laughs> <laughs> and it started out with interception, interception. They're down what? 14 to three or something like that. Yeah. And it was largely because of the offensive line. Like that's, like I just I thought well if Mayor doesn't have time there's it doesn't matter how good he is he's yeah, a rookie yeah. quarterback but um but yeah now like I honestly like if I were doing power rankings obviously Saskatchewan won um and I honestly think it's Saskatchewan won and then there's eight teams right yeah there's it's not everyone's kind of got their issues and things they got to work out and things they want to improve even teams that won, they would say, oh, we need to fix this, that, and the other thing, right? So Yeah, and like, I do think Edmonton showed me enough that they're not the disaster that they look like after week one and two. Um, and then they, then they come out and fire their special teams coordinator the day after their first win, so. Yep, yeah. Uh, you know, things are always weird at Edmonton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then like BC, like I think that was a pretty disappointing loss, so they, you know, they all come back down to like the mean Toronto's better than I think most people thought at the same time, like win a game, win a couple more before I'm like putting you up as a real contender. Ottawa's bad because Matt Nichols is their quarterback. Um, yeah. And like every other team, it's like the stamps aren't going to convince anybody that they're fucking, con- excuse my language, that they're contenders. Like, <laughs> yeah, but the bombers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, you just can't tell me that there's a single team that you would pick right now if we were going into the West Division final at Mosaic. There's not a team that anyone would pick to beat the Riders. 
confidently. No, but I wouldn't say that they had no chance either. So agreed. Agreed. So, Um, and I think that I also think that like there are a lot of teams and the Stampeders I include in this. The Stampeders are going to get better as the season goes on. Like this was so, you know, in three months when Bo's back, when they've won a couple games with Mayor, when you got Jamar Wall back. Some of these D linemen, like as you said, Sankey just continues to grow into his spot. By week five or six, he's actually playing at that all-star level we expect for a middle linebacker. Yeah. It might change. I'm just saying right now, no. Right. And the thing is you can you can say every team's still got working through because we're we're finished preseason now and now we're into regular season, right? So yeah. and and that's the thing. It's and the way that I you know, I've covered the stamps for ooh, almost a couple of decades and it always has been is like we're not building to be the best team we we can be in week three or week seven it's be the best team in going into the playoffs and then keep improving until you finish out the gray cup so yeah. uh, it's it's a process and they would always tell you that so and uh this process means that you've got a couple of days off it's a sunday game for the stamps which is um interesting but i'm this is a another interesting look on the schedule Edmonton playing back-to-back Thursday nights going into Toronto that's our first major like Alberta going west we'll see how that uh that goes I know Winnipeg went in there this week but uh they've always felt like an east team to me because most of the time I covered the league they were in the east division (laughs) yeah they've always been in the west for me so they very much feel like a west team right yeah I, I always have to remind myself they're in the west so uh, weird, weirdly enough. So, uh, yeah. What's your What's your favorite matchup of the week? Edmonton, Toronto, Hamilton, Montreal, BC, Ottawa, Calgary, Winnipeg. Other than Calgary, I think you know because you're you're going to Winnipeg, correct? Yeah, I mean, my flight hasn't technically been confirmed. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I like. I was holding off on booking just because I need to figure out like. Like how to prove we've talked about this before, and like how made, to prove to the stadium because you're a vaccine. Yeah, and like welcome to Danny does avoidance well and just doesn't deal with issues that in his life that he wants that he needs to. Um, <laughs> but like Friday at I don't know like four o'clock, I was like, hey, I gotta gotta book those flights because I'm going to the backcountry tomorrow. Um, and I just but our our stupid post media conquer travel or whatever it's called that we have to go through. Uh, I have to get it approved by a manager, and I guess there was no manager. So I'm just hoping that I get out of the backcountry on Tuesday and have a flight. Otherwise, I'm booking the fly to Winnipeg two days before I leave, and Post Media is going to be real mad at me. Um, uh, all right. Yeah. Yes, I am going. It's okay. BC, Ottawa, I'll be honest with you. Unless something goes like deeply wrong in my life, I'm not watching that game. Okay. Um, Hamilton, Montreal, I, I like that matchup. It's, it's Those are supposed to be the top two teams in the East. Hamilton's obviously been really disappointing. Montreal, like Montreal, as as impressed as I was with this young Calgary team for like hanging in there, like if Montreal hadn't taken six thousand penalties, yes, different. Oh, I just it felt like every time the stamps had been stumbled or stopped, it was oh, there's a flag on the field. It was and like they the were all when you watch the replays, you were like oh yeah, he punched him in the face. You yeah. can't do that. Like yeah, they got down to the goal line. I think there was penalties on five straight plays and yeah keep giving the other team chances to get in you know you're not i thought they exactly. were gonna have to settle for a field goal there uh, yeah it's yeah so that's the I'm thing like that game it. it's impossible not to be addressed in that game because 
those teams both need to get it together. And yes. Like, um, I mean, I say that, but like, there's well, Hamilton be- coming off a bye too. They uh, yeah. they're zero and two coming off a bye. They feel like they're going to come out and guns a blazing. And I saw that Bodog had the favorite for first quarterback to be fired was Orlando Steinhauer. Uh, anybody betting on that is is ridiculous. They're they're not firing that guy. They handed him the keys to the franchise with good reason. So yeah, I, mean, I don't gamble, but if I did gamble, that would be a very stupid bet. Um, (laughs) but yeah so that game like i also like it's one of those weird ones where like in the east and i'm not saying the east is bad like i actually don't think going zero and three like in this stupid football league that we are talking about like it's actually okay (laughs) (laughs) it's fine in the east three or four teams are gonna make it but those are still those should be two good teams i like both those teams they have swagger they got attitude that that feels like it's a rivalry um you obviously played in the East final last year. So there's that. And then like Edmonton, Toronto, like I do actually think it's interesting. If Toronto wins that, which they, which I think they should being at home, being that Edmonton can't score touchdowns. Um, yeah. yeah. I like, I, that's an interesting, I just, I, I think, I think Toronto should win that one by two scores. Right. To be honest. Yeah. And then, yeah. They're, they're all early games this week. So we don't have to stay up late like we did this week. So. That's the main difference. So yeah, we late is in eleven p.m. because you know everyone, you know, nine p.m. was the new midnight during the pandemic. So, uh, <laughs> so that's 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 right now, what is it? Nine fifteen? Oh my god! Yeah, not me. I'm I'm still on my same schedule, but everyone yeah. else in the world seems to go to bed so early. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. Uh, all I'm saying is. If, if you write me at 5 o'clock on Saturday and I'm, like, settling in here for a BC Lions-Ottawa Red Blocks game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the ratings aren't going to be super solid for TSN uh, in that respect. I've been watching you, more. Do you think they know that there's just CFL streams on Reddit? That that's yeah, all you have to do. Like, well, of course, you you know that. But it's still, it's they're still streaming the TSN feed, right? Yeah, it's just, like, the difference between – streaming on TSN and streaming on Sportsnet, like they're like online platforms. Like Sportsnet is a million times better. I'm just bashing TSN throughout all this, but like <laughs> like it's actually better quality to watch the illegal stream than okay. to watch on the TSN app. It's nuts. Hmm. Well, uh, I would say one thing about the TSN broadcasts. I am missing the two Chris's. Um, they were the voices of to CFL football for me, Chris Cuthbert being the play-by-play guy and Chris Schultz being the anchor on that uh, panel. And I, I, yeah, I'm not, nothing to say poorly about anybody else on the panel. The fact that. Um, yeah. You can, you, you can say how great he was without saying anyone else's bad. Yeah. Like in Dunnigan and Stiegel not being in studio um, really hurts because their feeds are on delays and uh, it's, it's not really working for me. Uh, but Chris Schultz was always the one that came up with the most interesting take and his halftime breakdowns were the best. And he really studied X's and O's and he knew exactly what was going on. And he was always uh, so into it. So I do miss uh, Chris Schultz. And I was, I was saddened and they, they did a little thing for him in the first Toronto home game, which was understandable. And uh, I got to say, I was a little saddened because I, uh, I knew the guy and he was, such no one was a bigger football fan in the world. Like he just lived and breathed it. And um, 
his enthusiasm for the league was is sorely missed. And I don't think it's really hard for them to replace him. Like uh, who was going to come in and be the next Chris Schultz. There wasn't going to be another one. Right. So. No, I, I yeah. I mean, like shout out to Chris, obviously. I mean, like he's, he's a legend in this game and, you know, I think we all have a great amount of affection for anyone who devotes their entire life to Canadian football the way he did. Um, on a lighter note, I will say, I, I think on the broadcast, I think Claire Hanna is doing a hell of a job on the sideline. Uh, she was a great ad, obviously. We, I mean, I don't know if you know Claire, but she was around Calgary for a while. Well, I was in, in Regina. She's she rules oh, around Calgary. I, I remember her as the one of the hosts of Dinner Television, our sister station, when I was at Breakfast Television. Uh, okay. And I, um, you know, I did a couple of things for Dinner Television, obviously, and uh, I actually covered the 2015 Grey Cup for Dinner Television in Edmonton. So. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, she's yeah, she's uh, she's, she's a really of Edmonton. It was amazing. So I her first ever, I guess, the Herald. So this was before the merger, but like the Herald, she was freelancing a like volleyball thing that I was covering. Yeah, well, and she was she, a uh, university volleyball player, right? Yeah, and but she'd never done it, so she was telling a story. Apparently, I while working for the Sun edited her story for the Herald just to make it all CP style and like make it work. <laughs> Her first ever assignment. <laughs> and she explained volleyball basically to me. Um, but and then I will say, good to see our old boy Jermaine Franklin out Doing on the sidelines. Looking good in that blue suit, pal. You're looking <laughs> sharp. You're a sniper out there. I love it. Yeah, so no, I agree. Uh, Claire's doing a great job, and uh Kate Bearness is the, the panel host. Um it's good to have some female representation other than Sarah Orleski, who's been doing it for several years, obviously. And yeah. Um, yeah, we, in Saskatchewan, it's not an easy job. So kudos to Claire for, um, yeah. because you're always going to be criticized in Saskatchewan, uh, no matter like, what. Yeah. I talked a little bit of trash about, I didn't talk trash. I, I gave an honest assessment of misreporting information on TSN earlier, like in this pod, but like the reality is, I mean, just watching this week, like I haven't really had that chance to fully like nothing on my plate, just sit there and watch two games back to back. And like, Man, those broadcasts are fun. They get ripped apart, but like they do a good job with them. Like, and and I honestly like I, I really enjoy the the work the TSN does with the live broadcasts. So yeah. like, shout out to them. It was, it was a really fun day for me, just like sipping on some White Claw, watching, tweeting out a little bit about the games. I, it was a great time. Are you, are you are you publicly admitting to drinking White Claw as your preferred drink now? I, or I this is your weird Gen X shit, <laughs> shit when you love beer. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, I, love I, I know i'm older i like 100 calories wake <laughs> up the next day i'm not bloated love it <laughs> that's what you need to worry you wouldn't need to worry about your waistline danny I, well you know i, I don't I, know what to tell you i do i know well, I've, I've told you for years the secret is just doing 100 push-ups every day but you won't do it so uh, i know I, I did that for a while and then i started doing this prison workout oh, okay um, but i i don't know Right. I honestly was in really great shape before football season. And then football <laughs> season starts and it's just like Okay. Oh and yeah. It's three weeks into the actual season. So how did you get I I'm, oh, I'm not like I'm not saying I gained a bunch of weight. I'm just saying like oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Well go 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 hike up a mountain in the next couple of days and then you'll feel better about yourself. That's what I'm doing, man. <clears throat> I can't wait. I can't wait. Going right up uh Heiko's trail in Fernie. Okay. If I don't well, come back I, I, I'm going to spend some time in Fernie this week uh, sitting in a hot tub. So that's, Where are you that's 
Uh, I don't know, some sort of a bed and breakfast or something like that, or wow, look at you, romantic. Oh yeah, I know, it's so amazing. You know how to treat them. <laughs> you gotta well, get you well, in that Jermaine Franklin blue suit, right? Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't rock it like him. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, whatever. No, Fernie's yeah. awesome, and like my impression, like I did check before booking this week, and like it's sort of the one place where the forest fires aren't that bad. They're yeah. not telling people to stay home, so yeah. no. And they got as much rain as Calgary did. Uh, people are tuning out of this conversation because we're talking. All right. About- yeah, we're just oh, talking about our vacations. Okay, yeah. I got to go. I'll talk to you later. Bye. You bet. Have a good time. Thanks for doing this. And we'll talk next uh, Sunday or Monday, probably. So. You bet. Peace.